everybody. Hope you're doing well. Today joining me, I have Carl Fisher. Carl, how are you? Very good, Greg. Good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, awesome. Very good to see you as well. Um, for those of you who don't know Carl, Carl has an extensive career in sales and marketing management across a bunch of different industries. And uh, I was fortunate to, to work with Carl uh, over the last few years. He joined our organization, my last organization, uh, as chief revenue officer. He ran sales, marketing, customer success. We sold uh, SaaS products in aviation. And uh, he had posted something a few weeks ago. I checked it out, really liked it, wanted to bring him on to talk about it. And so what it was called is the one in 60 rule. And so Carl, maybe you could start by just giving a quick rundown. What is the one in 60 rule in aviation? And then how does that cross over into sales, marketing, and business in general? I'd love to. And not only just business, but our personal, personal as yeah, well as for professional sure. life. For sure. Um, the one in 60 rule simply stated is that for every one, for every 60 miles you fly in aviation, if for every one degree you're off course, you'll miss your target by a mile. And it becomes very important for pilots, specifically, you know, more recreational private pilots, that they, as they plot a course to fly, they have checkpoints along the way to make sure they're on target. In fact, um, a lot of air traffic controllers use the one in 60 rule. There's mathematical calculations we won't get into, but it allows them to steer the pilots in. So when you often hear about their coordinates and bringing the aircraft in for the runway and, you know, adjust your course like this, that's the one in 60 rule in action. Now, the one in 60 rule in business gets to be very important because to put this in perspective, if you're flying from New York to LA and you don't check your coordinates and your course and your, your spot checking along the way, you're going to end up in the Pacific ocean. <laughs> and um, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. um, so think about this in business. And if you think about it in the business world and you think about, look, our plans for 2022 were probably crafted in 2021 fourth quarter. And we do the old, We'll add seven or eight percent to the number to, to hit our growth goals, etc. But there are checkpoints along the way that you build to make sure, or you should build to make sure you're on target for the course so that you can course correct. And those metrics and measurements become very important. Now, on the professional side of things, that's where that really happens is do you have the checkpoints and controls in place to make sure you're on target or you can quick course correct with enough time? that there's no surprises on the personal side, myself included, how many of us had talked about, Oh, you know, I, I got the, the COVID crunch where, you know, you <laughs> sit back at home and all of a sudden we start snacking, we stop checking ourselves and, you know, the sweatpants became a staple, you know, you can take it in multiple ways, but the fact of the matter is in business and in life, you need to have checkpoints to make sure you're on target and on balance, whether it's your, your business metrics, your budget, your family relationships, the one in 60 becomes very important. Sure. And so in order to stay on course, I think it's really important that you're constantly measuring, right? Measurements are, are super important. And so in, in referring to the COVID crunch, maybe you're looking at waist size and yeah. uh, maybe you're checking the scale. Um, but what are some of, you know, I, I think in, in general, whether you're, you know, maybe in marketing and sales and customer success, some people can get too carried away with measuring. You can measure everything, yeah. but really focusing on what's important is going to make sure that you're, 
you know, you're focused on the right things and you're staying on the right track. So as a manager, what should we be measuring? Um, I believe in art and science. So I believe, you know, you know sure. me, I'm a data geek. Sure. But, uh, and I love analysis, <laughs> but I do believe in art and science. And, and so when I look at the measurements, I take a look at things that what are what are the things that get us to the goals? And so for us, when we were Flight Docs, we were a subscription-based company revenue. So what what were the things that got us to our revenue goals? And often plans are built on history. Um, what's the sales revenue? What's sure. the close rate? What's your quote rate? Um, what's your you know what's your churn? Those are all lagging indicators. They're historical. They're on the back end. Right. <clears throat> Greg, I became a big fan of leading indicators and, and, you know, leading, leading indicators are predictive traits. They're not, they're not forecasts that they're predictive opportunities. As an example, when you look at sales and let's say you have a sales cycle, very relevant to us in flight docs of 90 days, I knew that I needed to have a pipeline, what we would call coverage of X to hit my sales plan, but I had a 90 day sales cycle. So I could begin to look at my pipeline and look at my leads coming in. 90 days out, where am I? For 60 days, 45, etc. Looking at those going forward, I could then start to understand, are there levers I can pull if I'm not on track to hit my numbers? Or can I start loading another month out so that I can build that coverage up to make it up over the next quarter? If I don't do that, and by the time I hit my sales number and take a look and say, oh gosh, we missed this month by <clears throat> by a million dollars, it may take me three months to make that up if I can make that up. So <clears throat> leading indicators become extremely important. Then you can pull in your marketing team. You can pull in your account management team and you can start talking about things. Let me, another one is, is churn. We talked about customer success and account management. Yeah. Historically, and in many, many, many verticals, in the banking vertical, the financials, in, in, in the healthcare vertical, most of our renewal strategies were okay, it's 30 or 60 days out. We've got to send them a renewal notice. Let's see how we're going to do. Churn is a lagging indicator. And by the time you've lost them, it's too late, right? That's a right. no do no Sherlock. I had to clean sure. it up through the podcast. <laughs> um, so, but when you take a look at, at churn and you sit back and say, well, wait a minute, what, what do we know about churn? And some of our very talented people at Flight Docs taught me a lot about this industry. When's the last time they logged into the platform? When's the last time... They've updated certain criteria. What type of questions are they asking us in my service centers? And when's the last time my account managers had a meaningful conversation? Do you know the leadership team there if there's been changes and are they pro or con our platform and our program? Right. And it's it's the issue of no surprises. So your renewal process really starts 30 to 60 days out from that either renewal or new relationship because you've got to keep on board of them and keep ahead the leading indicators, how's their adoptions, how's their utilization, what kind of questions are they asking, do they need better education, and those types of things become commonplace in your, in your business. Those are the things I try to measure because everything else is an output of those of those leading indicators. Right. And so, you know, you're you're talking about okay, you're you're looking at these indications you're looking at these reports and then you're trying to figure out, okay, what are the different levers that I'm going to pull to make adjustments so that we stay on that course? That's right. And I always heard you say, you know, we measure people or I'm sorry, we manage people. We don't 
manage the metrics. Right. And so a lot of managers can get caught up in the dashboards, in the reports, in the CRM. There's a million different ways to chop up the data. But at the end of the day, it's your people that are the driving force in either correcting these things, making adjustments, and and getting you to your goals, right? That's and right. So how what's your approach to you know, looking at all of these metrics and then what's the approach to managing the people on your team? So, you know, you're right. We manage people, not metrics, and it's without the people we don't get to the metrics. And <clears throat> the challenge with metric management, this is why I talk about art and science, is platforms can give us all those numbers. But it's the people that make them happen. And I don't want to, you know, sound like a, you know, la-di-da type, you know, presentation here. But but the reality is it's true. You get things done through your people. And in the sales world and even in the marketing world, if you have a channel manager who's responsible for social media versus direct mail or publications or trade shows, those respond differently. They respond differently in metrics. They respond differently in, 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 in pull-through rates, et cetera. And you've got to take that into accountability. So when you build your framework of metrics, you've got to be understanding about their equifinality. And I'll talk about this multiple times, but equifinality is there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's multiple ways to turn, to turn the same outcome. Right. So when I'm talking to a salesperson and they've got a territory that's built on a certain type of market, meaning um, clientele and meaning in our case, let's say aircraft, I understand that those aircraft may perform better or worse on our product in terms of perception than not. So how do we approach that market and how do we attack it from a marketing account management and sales perspective? And when I talk about pulling the people in, you'll hear me talk about, I try to create a, uh, an environment of empowerment and accountability. Talk to me about your territory. I want people to understand, know your market, know your product, know your customer, know your competition. And if you know those things, the KPIs are just checkpoints. Right. But if you're closing at 10% higher, but quoting at 20% less, but your revenue is greater, it all adds up to a certain number. And if that number is getting you where you need to be, then we're probably in a good place. Mm -hmm. And that gets down to when I talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. Talk to me about your market. Talk to me about your opportunities. Talk to me about your headwinds. Greg, I try to create a culture of empowerment and accountability. And to do that, I want everybody to know what's going on. So I hold morning huddles. You remember those? Yeah, for sure. I hold morning huddles. I'll hold weekly check-in and check-out calls. We'll hold weekly meetings and we'll hold monthly status reports. And that's great for the team. But you know what? As people, I may not speak up and say I'm challenged with a particular topic. But when you and I sit one-on-one -on -one in my office right. and I say, Greg, how's it going? What's going on? Let's talk about your plan. What are some of the obstacles you're facing? Well, I got this. I got that. I got, you know, I'm, I'm whatever. It helps me sit back and understand the headwinds they face. I know where their mindset is, and it helps me understand how they're approaching their market. I'm learning things. They may learn things. I may be able to impart wisdom, but I can also then take that into a huddle, not on a personal basis, to say, hey, guys, are you seeing any of this in the market? And then you get the team to start talking about best practices. So individual empowerment, accountability, team approach to everybody pulls each other up. Know where you fit into the plan. And know how your piece contributes to the team piece and the team piece contributes to the, the departmental goal. Awesome. 
Yeah, and I, I always thought, you know, the engagement is so key, especially, you know, when you're when you're running a sales team, there's only so much information that you can get from, you know, a Salesforce report or looking at a particular opportunity. And so I always felt like those morning huddles were so key. And one, getting everybody on the same page, getting the energy going, getting prepared for the day. Um, and then all of the one-on-ones were really key in understanding, okay, where is this person at? You know, where are they really at? What are the obstacles that they have? Are there ways that I, as a manager, could help? Are there other people on the team that can help? And just creating that culture where everybody feels like they're part of the part of the team, feels like they can make a difference, and feels like the adjustments that they make can actually make a difference for you know where the company goes and, and right. you know where you know where the numbers and, and and everything goes on a monthly, yearly, and and further out basis. Yep. So, um, well, cool. I. I um, I think it's awesome. I love the the breakdown of this concept and how it applies to, you know, the businesses in aviation. I know I talk to a lot of companies that are really, um, you know, they're smaller, mid-sized companies that maybe struggle sometimes in bringing, you know, scaling up that sales team and bringing the revenue organization to kind of the next level. And I think that some of these concepts are really key in giving them that direction, constantly you know, checking in on their status, constantly measuring what's important, managing their team properly, and getting everybody moved in the right direction so that they can hit their goals at the end of 2022. Absolutely. So. I, um, you know, the one, thing, the one thing I'd always sit back and say is a lot of these smaller to mid-sized companies have had a great product and and great people yeah but they get to a point where they have to make a decision on how do i get to the next level and that's sure. where you know people like you and myself hopefully come in and make a difference in in uh whether it's thought process or action but sure. um you know um it's not rocket science it's people management and yep. and it's people management not 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 necessarily metric management and that's the right. important thing to remember sure well, awesome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for running us through this uh, this one in 60 rule and giving you uh, giving everybody uh, a look into how you're thinking about approaching this. So Absolutely. I appreciate it. Get ready for my next one. It's called yeah. Finish. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, right. Carl. See you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.